You've been lounging, lounging with Skipper. <laughs> You've been lounging, lounging with Skipper. Oh, yeah. Yo, 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 yo. What's going on, everybody? I want to welcome you all to another episode of Lounging with Skip. Right now, I'm sitting with, you know, a, a, a guy that has been doing his thing in the music industry for a minute. Um, you know, coming from St. Louis, Missouri. One third of the production group Basement Beats. Um, I met this man. Well, this man, in all honesty, changed my life here in St. Louis. Got everybody knowing who Mr. Skipper Beat was at the time, uh, 10 years ago. Um, so I want to introduce you all, and I wanted to bring him in on to uh, the podcast to, you know, to, to hear his story. And, and so you all can hear his story. and. And understand that you know nothing comes easy, but if you you know you you, you set your ducks in a row and you just you know you, you play your position, you know what I'm saying anything is bound to happen. So I want to welcome you all and thank you all for listening and in tune. And today I'm sitting with Wally, Coco, oh Wally from Basement Beats. <laughs> you know what what's saying? up, y'all? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so pretty much, man, the, the, the podcast is about just people in the entertainment industry and just, you know, talking about their journey mm-hmm. and what got them to where they are and, you know, and, and to just inspire people out there that are listening that may not have certain opportunities right. that want to, um, you know, know the ins and outs of how things work mm-hmm. and um, in the entertainment industry and to, um, you know, motivate them and keep them going where they may feel like they're, you know, want to stop want to quit you know this isn't worth it this is this ep- this podcast i know exactly how that feels yeah, this this is this is for them to be able to listen to and be like and inspire them and want to continue on so i welcome you brother i appreciate you man for real skip you yes, know sir. what i'm saying i yes, appreciate sir. i'm real you know i appreciate the love you know but now nah, seriously man you 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 killed it you know i just it would <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that i Put you on, you yeah. know what I'm saying. You, 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 you came up with some material that was so undeniable. Yeah. I just was very happy to be one of the first people. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the first person. But I was one of the first people to point out that record itself. Right. Yeah. But we always, we always thought you were the shit. Yeah, appreciate you know that, what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so tell me, um, give me a little background as far as uh, where you from. Yeah. Well, I was born in Denver, Colorado. Mm. All right, when I was eight years old, my mom and dad moved. Me and my family to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. And I lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin until I was 14. What made you all move from? Well, um, I think my dad got an opportunity. Every time we moved, it was because of an opportunity. Okay. My dad got an opportunity. He's an entrepreneur, you know, uh, with, with 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 in the Arab community, me being a Palestinian. Mm. Uh, one of the most common practices one of the common trades com- most common trades that we do is we we, op- we used to open up grocery stores mm. you know in the hood mm. so my dad would uh my dad left his store in denver opened the store in milwaukee and he mm. moved us there shortly afterwards and then uh six years after that mm-hmm. he decided to move us to jerusalem because i was getting into trouble with so when gangs. you were 14 when i was 14 years old i was getting into trouble with gangs in wow. milwaukee wow um i actually ended up getting beat into mm. the shorty folks mm. you know the okay. gd set for the kids mm-hmm. and because my cousin was a leader of the gds on the south side of milwaukee mm-hmm. 
And at that time, uh, it was like crack era. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, it, it was just police did not know how to handle gangs like that, like that. Mm-hmm. You're not the new wave gang. You said Milwaukee. Uh, right? Milwaukee. Milwaukee's just like so, Chicago. Okay. 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 It, like the demographic over there, the demo over there is exactly like Chicago. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people like Milwaukee. Like, yeah, Milwaukee's yeah fast pace. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so at, at a young age, before you moved to Milwaukee, when you grew up in Denver, were you listening? What what kind of music were you listening to? Well, being that my parents uh, are directly from overseas, um, not a lot of American music was mm-hmm. played in my house. Mm-hmm. A lot of old school Arabic records, mm-hmm. but like who? Like uh, uh, the the main guy over there overseas. Uh, the legend, their F- Elvis Presley. His mm. name's Abdul Halim Hoffa. Mm. That's the guy that Jay Z sampled, Jay Z and Timbaland sampled oh, for dun, Big Pimpin'. Yeah. Dun. Now he's like the Elvis Presley over there. You okay. know, when okay. that song came out, my dad flipped out. Like, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Really? Wow. That was his ringtone and everything. Really? Wow. <laughs> Big Pimpin'. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. So, okay, so, so that. You were growing up listening to that artist, and this is what you were inspired Well, by no, I, 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 what happened was. You know, like as a youngster, you like for me growing up listening to like Earth, Wind, and Fire, and uh-huh. like that. It wasn't like that for you. It was yeah, well, it, it wasn't directly on. like that because I had to, I had to myself actively go out and mm. research those records mm. and then listen to them. Mm. So, like, I remember my very first favorite song, mm. favorite record that I was checking for mm. was Prince, mm. Little Red Corvette. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I remember I was. Six, mm. and I just remember that was the hottest song. And then not too long after that, mm-hmm. what took over that song, mm-hmm. what, what became my new favorite song, mm-hmm. was "Beat It" by mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. Okay. Okay. So um, I would stay, I would listen to the radio, just waiting for those records to play, mm-hmm. and then I would listen to everything in between. What made What made Little Red Corvette stand out to I you as a six year old? No idea. I have no idea. No. I, and and you know it's crazy because. Uh, I always discuss this with other Prince fans, mm-hmm. you know, like my girl, she's a Prince fan, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I am too, I grew up, you know, listening to Prince. And and we discuss it all the time, like, uh, and, 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 and I just don't know, I don't know what, what it was about that record, I think, I think Maybe. the thought of a little red Corvette mm. made me, you know, I was six. I remember it though, you know. I, th- I think you know, lis- listening back, looking back on, it, I think the reason why it was it was the fact that he was singing about a little red Corvette. You know what I mean? It's like a little red Corvette, and then how he was singing it. You know I, I mean? did not know until You're talking about something else. Literally last year, <laughs> that he was talking. He, he was talking about. I don't want to say he was talking about vanity. Mm. She 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 deciphered it for me. Uh, he was talking about vanity mm. because she was a, a, a young, hot thing, mm. and she was driving nowhere fast. Mm. And that was her, that was that, that was, was that was girl. Yeah, that was a song. I think that was what I think that's what Probably. the song was about. Probably. You know, I don't know if it was vanity or some other chick. Or Apollonia. <laughs> Apollonia was it? I think that was a character in the movie, right? Well, that no, wasn't. Well, a, no, that was really her. It was really her tripping. Yeah. 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 I, I don't, he was talking to one of them. He, well, he was talking to both of them. I'll be honest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, he because I because originally I heard that he wanted to put vanity in Purple Rain. 
Mm. But something came up and Apollonia ended up being it. You know what I uh, also found out? What's that? Is that um, the reason why he called Vanity, the group Vanity Six, do you know why? Why? Um, because it was three of them. No, no it was uh, because of their breasts. Oh, wow. They both, you know, all three of them have breasts. Two, ah. four, six. <laughs> Apollonia six. Or Vanity six. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. probably why he did that. Yeah, you know what I mean? And <laughs> he so, was a freaking I know, it's crazy, man. And, you know, having him in the lingerie and all yeah. that. Yeah. So, as time went on, okay, so boom, you you know, 14. So, you your, parent, your parents, you know, the whole entire family went to Jerusalem? Uh-huh. Okay, so what happens from there? Um, In Jerusalem, I'm culture shocked. Mm. And then... Living in... You never I, visited there? Yeah, I, I visited when I was eight years old. Mm. And when I was eight years old, it was a different place. And then when I came back, when I was eight years old, um, it was less of what it is now. Mm-hmm. It was more open. People were free to move around the whole country. Mm. And now it's like... Or then? It's kind of like apartheid. When you were 14? When I was 14, okay. that it, the, the apartheid was starting. Okay. You know... Okay, you're saying... Now, as in present day. Present day, it's an apartheid. Okay. But as 14. As 14. See, what happened when I was 14, actually when I was 15, when I lived in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. the Israelis and the Palestinians came to a peace agreement okay. while I was there. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And things were looking up. Things mm-hmm. were looking promising. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, and not to get into too much politics, but the right wings of each, the Palestinians and the Israelis mm-hmm. vowed to ruin that peace agreement. Okay. And eventually they won. They mm. the, each right wing did something to sabotage it and the peace agreement went to hell and mm. now we're went all the way the other way with it. Mm. But anyway, I got when I got there it was pretty much culture shocked. I was uh I wasn't able to listen to any new music coming out of uh yeah, of, of uh, America uh, for yeah. months. Mm. And then by the time it got to Israel, it was real old. Mm. And very high price. Like it cost thirty dollars to get a CD over there. For real? Yeah, it cost thirty bucks to get a CD. Thirty dollars to get a CD back then. So uh, around this time, what was out? What was popping? What, what um, I remember the CDs I remember getting were. I remember my favorite CD was Shy. S H A I. Shy. Remember that group? The R&B group. Yeah, okay. Shy's CD was Comforter. And... I, that was my favorite yeah. song, Comforter. Even though mm. it was the simpiest song yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I don't give a shit about yeah. the message. Yeah. But the song itself was the shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked uh, Dr. Dre. The Chronic came, had come out. Yeah. And then Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style came yeah. out a year okay. later. All around the, all that time. And yeah. then okay. Janet Jackson, Janet. The one, yeah, with the, her. The hand, uh-huh. yeah, okay. poetic justice, anytime, any place. That era, mm, okay. yeah, that whole era. Like I can damn their name every CD came yeah, out yeah, because yeah. I was just like, man, I want that, I want that. So by I, the time it hit where you were, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was like, like not on that. Thirty bucks for a CD. You know, because nowadays internet makes everybody everywhere is it. in real time. Right, right. right so right, if we right. go overseas now to in that same place, they'll be looking like us. Yeah, yeah. With the same lingo, right. and they'll be hip to all the right. new Lil Wayne rap, right. everything. Right, right, right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, so, in this period, you were over there, and, and how was that for you? So, when did you come back to the States? Like, how came, long were you Okay, there? I was there for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to be there for three years. I was there for two and a half years, and then my dad brought me back before he brought the rest of his family back. Did you change up? Did you get better? I mean, it's, I, I mean, I wasn't a bad... You mean, as far as... As far like, as, like, involving yourself? Yeah, the gang stuff was... 
the gang stuff, I, 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 I resented that before I left mm. because we ended up getting to some shit. Like, we ended up militoving some dude's, this oh, dude wow. Omar's grandma's house, oh, wow. and then we burnt his uh, porch down. And oh, that's what that's what did it. Oh, you know shit. what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, when I was, came back, I he mean, he was but, going down that path fast. Well, my dad wanted me to see. What people were really dying over, mm. and then and, and 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 he proved his point. Like when I got there, I was like, "Whoa!" And I and, and it was like, in retrospect, if I knew I could live through it all, I could mm. do it all over again. But back then, I was scared to death, man, mm. because I like I've never been in a place. I've always heard mm. of cowboys and Indian stories, mm. you know, but damn, yeah. you know what I mean. To where you're really looking over your back, you don't know what the hell's going on. Oh, I got I've gotten my ass beat by the Israeli soldiers before and everything. Damn. Like they, it's like that over there. You oh, know what shit. I mean? As a teenager, yeah, for sure. Not just me, seven, six of my friends that are all American citizens, mm-hmm. and they all on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. talked about it not too long ago about that one time where they stopped us and they beat up, they beat us up for like thirty minutes before what? they let us go. What? Yeah, like they uh, M16, the back of the, the back of the M16 to the chest, all that shit. Damn. All right, well. <laughs> okay, so back to the States. Uh, so when I came back, I came back in 95, January 95, we came to St. Louis. Mm. My dad got another opportunity. 24 years ago. Yeah, 95. In January of 1995, I came to St. Louis. And at that time, I remember the very first video I saw was Brandy, I Want to Be Down. Oh, wow. Okay. I just was soaking up MTV because I was so beside myself that I was able to see the music mm. as it was coming out now mm. instead of waiting mm. like it was like you don't understand how important that was okay. back in, like back then to mm. be hip to everything mm. you know and I remember just seeing I remember Biggie came out with uh, Big Papa yeah. and, and these were all new joints when I was when I just landed and just the fact that the way the videos were looking they were looking like movies that was around the time yeah. Hype Williams was, was oh, beginning yeah. to come out and, and really get things popping I, 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 I could not picture videos getting any more Clear. technical yeah, that, or fresher yeah. than that and, and yeah, as, as you can see now they have yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so during this period, what, what high school did you go to? I went to McClure mm. for one semester in '95, wow. and then I moved. Then and then we moved because I lived on the south side. Okay. Then we moved to Florissant, and mm. I ended up going to Hazelwood West, and I graduated there for my last year. Okay, you went to West. Yeah, okay. I graduated there. I only went there for the senior for my senior okay. year. Yeah, I went. To, I graduated from Hazelwood Central. Nice. Mm. What year? '94. My. No, yeah, you're you're older than me. My sister graduated from there ten years after you did. <laughs> oh wow, 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 wow. Yeah. So, okay, boom, Hazelwood West. You know, you graduated. Now what? Um. Okay, there? so I wanted to I wanted to get into music. Now, what made you want to get into? The music? I've always wanted to be okay. in music. What made me want to get into music? Like I've always daydreamed about wanting to be in music when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Mm-hmm. But what what made me really say okay? I'm going to do this mm. was BBD Poison. Mm. When BBD came out with Poison, I did not know how to react to that. That was like it was so fresh. I could not picture any. Like I said, I couldn't picture that shit going any higher mm. than that. Like mm. this shit was so out of there. And then I learned how to play drums, mm. playing air drums over mm. Poison. Mm. That's how I learned how to play drums. Mm. That's how I kept my control. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, I eventually became a drummer mm. for my middle school before I left overseas. Okay. So when I came back, 
I, I, you know, naturally wanted to get into band, and I got on. I became a drummer for McClure and Hazelwood West. Okay, okay, okay. So you joined the band mm-hmm. just to do something and get involved making music, some, some well, something somewhere. I didn't think that I could be a get, turn pro from school or anything like that. My plan, with, with as far as breaking into the business, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like the the best plan you can do for being in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I decided to get a job at Musicland. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay. <laughs> but so when you were playing drums, you just as a as a as a kid, as a high school kid, you were like, you know what? I want to be involved with some music. I want to do something. So let me join the band. Okay. So now you're around other musicians in the band. You're seeing how the structure and things of that nature is kind of triggering with mm-hmm. you in your mind. And you're like, okay, this is cool, this is cool. At the same time, you're listening to the radio, listening to the music, hearing hip hop. You're like, okay, okay. Now, graduate from high school, and you're like, you know what? I want to be around this music. Only way I can do it is let me get a, a, a job at exactly. a, a record store, CD store. Exactly. So at the time, Streetside was right over mm-hmm. there. Off of, what made you not go over there at Streetside versus me? Because where was, where was the music land? I, I, of, uh, and it was in Northwest Plaza. Right, Honestly, because right. I, apply, I applied at Streetside, and they weren't hiring. Okay. Yeah. And I, and Sound Revolution was right yeah, here too. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. and I applied there and I I, I knew they were going to give me a job. And they were mm. like, "Yeah, we're not hiring either." Mm. So I went to Musicland and they were and like, "Northwest Plaza." Mm-hmm. Okay. And they were like, "Well, we do need an extra person part-time." So they let me work there part-time and they fired one of their people so they gave me the full-time gig. Mm. So I worked there and it you know, in my head I thought maybe some record executive was going to walk in and mm. handle their business. Mm. And it didn't work out that way. And then one day, there was this local group named Deadly Deuce. Mm. They had their CD out there in the front. And I didn't realize that they were local. Mm. But people, like a few people came in about the CD. And I'm like, I never heard of these people. And they mm. were like, they're from here. Mm. The, 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 their record label comes here in service. What song did they have out? They had a song called Creeping Through the Fog. I think I remember hearing about that. And then Lil John remixed it. Mm, okay. Way before he was big. Mm, okay. Okay. So they had their they had their stuff out there, so that kind of triggered something too. Like, well, yeah. I was, uh, you know, I I was waiting for somebody to come service that record mm-hmm. from that record label, mm-hmm. and I was gonna chat with them about tagging along with them and seeing how, how a local how record label works. does it. Mm-hmm. So this dude named uh, Anthony McDonald, we mm-hmm. call him Tone. Okay, he's my friend on Facebook now. Uh, he came in to service with the record. He had a good as gold jacket on, and I was just like, "Yo, how can I be down? You guys are mm. you guys are doing what I want to do." Mm. And he he gave me the CEO of that label's number, which mm. is unheard of. Like he didn't know me. He gave me the dude's number off the top. Mm. I called the CEO. His name's Phil. Mm. Phil Snipes. Okay. Uh, you know, Liquid Assets, Phil. Okay, I think this sounds familiar. Sounds he said familiar. he's a party promoter. He did. Um, he did the. Uh, I think I seen the name on. Remember on Lure? Uh, he did Lure on Thursday nights and used to be popping. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, me and him, me, him, and my cousin started that A Rap Money Party. Okay. And then he turned that A Rap Money Party. He kept it going on a weekly basis. Okay. And called it Red Hot Thursdays. Okay. Okay. I and then that's when you know, but uh, yeah, that was that was years later. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, so you, mm, Phil. Phil. He was the CEO. Yeah, CEO. Okay. And at that time. I wasn't a fan of their music, mm-hmm. per se, and I didn't realize what really what Phil and them were on, you mm-hmm. know. And I met Guccio back then because mm-hmm. Guccio used to roll with them, mm-hmm. and uh, I was 18, 
and I remember Phil brought Master P mm. to Club Facade. Remember okay. Facade? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or no, was that yeah Facade? Was that Facade? Yeah. Over back there. Then. Yeah. In that. In that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was Facade at that time. He brought Master P, and he let me come. He let me go into the party with him, mm. and just roll with him, and mm-hmm. just you know see what was going on. Then he introduced me to Rico, the producer. Okay. And then that's Rico. Rico, the producer of Deadly Dude. Yeah. Okay. Now Rico had an EPS that had. 10 seconds of sample mm-hmm. space in it. Mm-hmm. And he made it work for mm-hmm. the album. Mm-hmm. Even though the, the, the song sucked mm-hmm. so bad. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you can go back and listen on YouTube. You can pull up Deadly Deuce's stuff and you'll mm-hmm. see. It was mm-hmm. horrible. Mm-hmm. but Because that, that was back on the EPS where if you sampled, you had to speed the record mm-hmm. up to be able to slow it back down in real time to be able to exactly. kind of loop or whatever. Yeah. And it compromised the sound mm-hmm. and... Uh, it was kind of like it was like it wasn't sixteen bit. It was like an eight bit kind of yeah, like sound yeah. to it. Yeah, you, you which is different. popular now on the lo-fi uh-huh. genre. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you linked up with him. Well, Rico. Rico was this black supremacist. Mm. He was a nation of Islam okay. type of dude, mm. and um, even though he. W- like allowed me to come over his house and Mm. watch him do his work or Mm. whatever Mm. he was reluctant to kind of really teach me teach Mm me um so what i would do i'd go to mcmurray music Mm. and mess with their equipment Mm. so you go up there and actually okay Mm. and just and and just save it you know because i didn't have the money to go buy a kurtzwell i wanted a kurtzwell so how were you saving it i had a little Mm. the little card Mm, that goes into it yeah and Mm. i would save my uh save the sequence i didn't have the sounds it would just save the sequences you know what i'm saying and then i would have to plug it back into that same exact keyboard now now for those that are listening the millennials that are listening to this you're seeing (laughs) the steps of how everything worked back then it wasn't just get a laptop and now you own making stuff you have to back then we had to find ways to make things happen to you know what i'm saying we had to find things to you know what i mean to, exactly to, to customize you had to improvise man exactly to make it happen we exactly you know there was no excuses yeah yeah it's like i wanted if to you make really beats. wanted it then you would do your best to try to go get it exactly so i really wanted to make beats and then one day my cousin came to visit me from new jersey and i wanted to show him you know, hey, I make beats. Let me show you. He and he's a big hip hop East Coast head, mm-hmm. so he was super interested in seeing it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I took him to McMurray. I go to McMurray. We walk in there and we go to the Kurtzwell. That's the name of the keyboard. Yeah. And the the guy that works at McMurray standing there with his other guy, and they talking about something with the Kurtzwell. I guess he the guy had a problem with his floppy disk. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so I I kind of was eavesdropping and, I, and then I noticed that the the guy that worked there mm. didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Mm. I you know I'm like no that's how you do it. So I said no 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 that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. Mm-hmm. And the guy and it worked. And the mm. guy was like oh dang so you do this you know this machine like that I'm like yeah he goes hey man me and my friends we over there at Saints mm. come you know mm-hmm. you should come see us. Mm-hmm. Oh by the way my name's Spud. Mm. What's your name? Mm. Wally, yeah, Wally, come, come, mm. you, we over there up the street at Saints, come fuck with us. Mm. So literally the next day, me, my little brother, that's and a, that's on New York. 
and my cousin from New York, mm-hmm. my brother and my my brothers from you know obviously with me, okay, yeah. my cousin, mm-hmm. we all went uh, to Saints. Now at this time, have you ever been to Saints? No. Okay. Have you ever heard of Saints? I've, I've heard of Saints, but I've never been there. there. Mm-hmm. I've, I've I've been in America. I've been been back to America for two years. Mm-hmm. St. Louis, you know, back you know for two years, and I was like buried on the south side, mm-hmm. you know. So we walk in, Spuds right there, obviously, and then Ali, uh, remember Nelly, this other dude named Rico. We used to call him Dancing Rico. Mm-hmm. Actually, Dancing Rico was with Spud when I met them at McMurray. Okay. All right. Uh, Dancing Rico ended up going on tour with Aaliyah later and Usher and all mm. them being a dancer for mm. them. Uh, Nelly was there. Murph, Kiwan. Now, what year them. was this? J.E. What year is 97. This? 97. It was 1990. Was it 97? Yeah, it was January 97. No. Now, yeah, it was January '97. So at this time, was their song out with the? No. This, okay, so because the very next time I went to that studio, they were cutting "Give Me What You Got," mm. and I remember specifically not liking the song. Mm. I, that was the doom, doom, doom. Yeah. And then right. Je remixed it and did a West Coast remix. Mm. I thought it was pretty cool. Okay. He did it like right on. Je always remixed shit like right away. So did Je do that? Yeah, Je did give me what you got, and he re- and he did a remix to okay. it too that I liked better. But the lunatic shot it down that night. I mm. remember, and I just remember like, y'all gonna put that song like mm-hmm. they had other songs that mm-hmm. were really dope. Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand why they decided that record. Now at this particular point, you were kind of coming through regularly. No, no, because I was. Um, I was I was going to school at Flow. Mm-hmm. I was helping my dad at his store on the South Side, mm-hmm. and then I decided to open a pager business. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't always coming around, mm-hmm. but when I came around, mm-hmm. you know, I always did things like I always made deals with Je, mm-hmm. where hey man, this is the only free time I got to come to the studio is midnight. Mm-hmm. Can you can you let can you can you sit in the studio with me from midnight till six a.m. Mm. and I'll give you a a pager with free service forever, mm. you know, and and that's how me just and Jay, so you could just so you can work on some stuff. Yeah, and that's how me and Jay mm. got cool. Nice, yeah. nice, <laughs> nice. Okay, so boom. Now mm-hmm. the now you okay. So now you seeing that the song that the, the give me what you got is on the radio. Uh huh. Now in your mind. What were you thinking while this was all going on? You working at the pager business and working with your dad and going I didn't, slow. I, I I I I thought I thought the record label was very professional. The, the the twins they carried themselves like they were just their confidence mm-hmm. in how they carried their how they handled their business was so reassuring. I felt like they were the reason why. Mm. You know, and um and someone told me that it was a mixture of a few things. It was, it was, it was them pushing. Yeah, it was them pushing it. Mm. That was a little bit of it. Another little piece of it was the fact that Saints and the Palace and the Ambassador—they owned all those places. Mm. They spent a lot of money with the radio, okay. And then so the Stiffs owned all those places, and then um, the but what what really made the radio. Hall ass was when the lunatic showed up to the radio station and mm. was like, "Look, 
would like we're St. Louis is never gonna have an act if the late if the radio doesn't start acting like they 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 can hear that we rapping out here, you know. If you don't play this, like, like we have all our shit together. Oh, okay, so it wasn't on the radio yet. It was still just playing at the clubs. It was at it, those clubs that, it, that the it, Twins owned. It it was playing at the club that the Twins owned, and then it would get spiked on the radio. Gotcha. Okay, so it wasn't in the playlist right, yet. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then eventually got into the playlist, and then they eventually started getting paid shows mm. and then they were selling CDs out there Trump mm. because um, and now here it is where you worked in music land mm-hmm. seeing this you know this group you know what I'm saying their stuff up uh, up front and you linked with that you know what I'm saying CEO mm-hmm. now to you know these guys that are actually doing that now mm-hmm. you know what I mean on the so, other side so, 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 so what 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 was the time frame between that music land situation to this? One months, months, eight months, eight months within like the year, year, within a year, the year, like almost a year. Mm. And then now, when I met the Ticks, they weren't on their way to Universal yet. Right, right. You know, it was a, it was gonna be a couple years before right. they even went on their trip to Atlanta to meet Cuda. Right. You know, so um, um, at this time. I would dip in. I'm sorry. No, would, no, 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 no. Cool. I would cool. dip you're in. Cool. <laughs> you're cool. You're cool. Right. I would dip in and just see what they were doing. Because you were still, so you were still working your pager. Yeah. Shop. And and you I was still doing you. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why you know what I'm saying they was fucking with you was because it wasn't like you was kind of on some. Yo, man. Yeah, yeah. You were still doing you. Yeah. No matter what. And it was like, man, you know what? Yeah, well, you know I, mean? I mean, I kept a cool, I kept a real cool relationship yeah. with them. If they ever needed anything from me, I always came through. Always, mm. there was never a time they came to me and said, "Why was me?" And I was like, "No, nah, I ain't got that." You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I always came through for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I can't tell you the definitive reason why mm. they decided to mm. fuck with me. It just there's, there's a few theories I have. I never asked them. Mm. The, the 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 one of the theories was. J.E. Uh, J.E. didn't fuck with too many people back then. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, he he would act really funny when other producers came around. Right. So, and the ticks didn't want to interrupt him. Mm. So, when the when the when when J.E. would let them know, he let everybody know, hey, Wally's me and Wally, we're a team, and mm-hmm. you know, Wally, one of the only people I allow around me, you mm. know, you know, and right. We, we, we work good together whatnot. Yeah. So the ticks started like being more opted to listen to what I had. Now, okay, so at this point you were kinda still you were coming through I was that time working on stuff like that, but it you just kinda getting your, your chops together. So to I would I would come through and, and and another reason why they always liked when I came through because I, I never came and asked for favors. Mm-hmm. I always came with money mm-hmm. or, or something in, re, in in exchange. Mm-hmm. I never was the type that say, hey, look out for me, look out for me, look mm-hmm. out for me. Right. I would be the guy that would say, hey, look, I know you need, you know, I got a couple hundred dollars for you, you know, a day mm-hmm. or a week, mm-hmm. you know, to let me do this, mm-hmm. you know. And if you were already at the studio, mm-hmm. You know, the only difference is, is that now I'm in the studio with you. Now you got some money in your pocket. Mm. Behind the 
behind the table, you didn't have to pay the, the twins because mm. the twins is like you get on free reign through the studio, mm. you know. So, mm. uh, but yeah, I don't. I, if they listen to this podcast, maybe they'll find out this way that mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all these years later, I'm, yeah. I'm real cool. With this yeah, stuff, yeah, so. yeah. No, it's all it's all love. Like I said, this is a it's a, it's a chill, chill, yeah. chill podcast. Um, so boom. Now what happens? Okay, get uh, give me what you got on the radio. Okay, you so know so give me what you got on the radio. Everything's cool. They do, they're doing shows. They're sitting there opening up for Missy and Timberland. I remember one show specifically when, was when a, so when they come to St. Louis, they're opening up for them. Opening like up for yeah, like they're the opening acts, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, I remember Kid Capri came to town. And the Stiths booked the Lunatics on that. Mm. I and I don't think, I think they did it without asking them or clearing with them. They booked? The Ticks to open up for Kid Capri. Okay. And they didn't want to open up for Kid Capri. Mm. They thought that that show was going to be lame. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to be a part of that. The Ticks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Twins leveraged and threatened to not put out their EP mm. if they didn't open up. Mm. So the Tix is like, man, fuck y'all. You know? Mm -hmm. So they didn't show up. They didn't Mm -hmm. come. Mm -hmm. So the next day, uh, um, I remember I walked in the Saints and Dave and uh, Kiwan were arguing with each other. And Dave's like, that's it. The EP's not coming out. And like, man, fuck. Fuck it. You know, I... And I remember it was just real. It was really I. I can't. I don't. I don't have a vivid memory of that because yeah. I wasn't. I didn't really go in depth and yeah. see what was going on. I yeah. just remember they were. I remember Dave specifically saying, "That's it. The EP is not coming out." And so the show happened. They didn't show up. They didn't show up. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I remember a few months later. I went to go visit them, and they were there saying still, and 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 that was the first time I ever heard "Batter Up," mm. and it was like the they they came with that song before they came with all the other songs. So the know? very first song and on that was "Batter Up." Batter, now, now, now was it all of them on that song? Mm-mm. At that time, it was just Ali and Nelly, mm. and uh, everybody was uh, you know that I just remember. I heard it one time, mm. but after everybody else was singing it, singing it, singing it, singing it, singing it, then I finally heard it. And I was like, oh, everybody going crazy about this song, mm. you know? And they kept that song in their back pocket for like well, a year, yeah. like a year and some change. What's McCall did that track, didn't he? Um, Steve Bla- yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 Steve Blast. So I wasn't there when this happened, mm. but the story was Steve Blast was there to see J.E. J.E. all notorious for making appointments with people and then mm-hmm. not being there on time. Mm-hmm. So you'd be waiting there at Saints, waiting for J.E. and shit. So while he was waiting, he was fucking with the NPC. Mm. And whatever sounds that were already up. And he made the beat. Mm. And he, you know, and he had to be going, whatever. It was long enough for him to make the basic, mm-hmm. that track mm-hmm. with the drums. No bass, no bass line, no mm-hmm. type of 808, nothing. Mm-hmm. It was just the... Mm-hmm. Bah, 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 bah. That melody with, mm-hmm. with, the, with, with the hi-hat, snare, and kick. That mm-hmm. was it. Okay. 
and Ali and Je come in while he's doing it. While he's while he's playing the beat, mm. and Ali's like, "Whoa, I fucking love this beat." Now at that time, St. Louis was super Tupac'd out. Right. It was all about Tupac back then, mm-hmm. and the and the ticks were. Like the opposite, like right. they were on some East Coast shit. Mm-hmm. So people in St. Louis really wouldn't like, like the the the. the it because was of, easy. It was easy of, to hate on them. Because of give me what you got was more like them trying to like spit. It was over it was, like a party. It was it was the opposite of what was hot. Mm-hmm. It was the it was commercially viable, but it was the opposite of what. It was the opposite of Tupac. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Tupac, mm-hmm. and so that that made that song very street, easily hated, mm-hmm. hateable, not hated, but easily hateable. Mm-hmm. And then it made the streets kind of look at the ticks like, "You fucking pansies," you know. You right. you got what the fuck, y'all goofy asses. You got some goofy asses, mm-hmm. you know. So Steve Blass, when Ali said that shit, he didn't respect. He was like, "Man, y'all can have that." Beat. You know, whatever. Mm. I got some shit talking to J.E. about you. Whatever. So, he talked, chopped it up with J.E. whatever and left. Mm. Alright? Mm. J.E. added the little bass in there. Added the little sound effects. Like, mm. And then put some bells at the mm. end. And dressed it up and kind of gave it some arrangement. Mm. And dropped it and saved it. And they mm. did the song or whatnot. Mm. So, fast forward. Country Grammar is about to come out. Mm. And um, Steve Blast didn't know this at the time. Mm. But Nelly and them were looking for him. They wanted him, they wanted to give him his share. Like, yeah. No bullshit. Yeah. And, um, and they couldn't find him. Mm. And it was like months later before Steve Blast came out of nowhere with a lawyer. He didn't come. He didn't come holler at him. Holler at them like, yo, what's up, man? You know what I'm saying? My beat, you know. And he would have found out, like, oh yeah, we got you here. Come. Just, you know. So because he came with the lawyer, the ticks kind of got offended by it. So they just let Kuda do what he did. Cause Kuda, mm-hmm. the guy that signed us, mm-hmm. he's a New York like he's I met, a I met Kuda. Yeah, so he's a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. I mean he's not he's from North Carolina, but he's a New York, he's mm-hmm. a Harlem guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So he gonna he's going for the money. It's, it's, it's nothing personal. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna go for the low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, at, at that time, uh, the ticks intended on Steve Blast to right. just Sign off on it directly, but since he want to get lawyers involved, they let Kuda handle it. And at the end, Kuda finessed him into signing with him, and he—I think he signed away like I want to say 50% of his shit that he didn't have to. You know, so you know it, it was a lesson. I learned a lesson from that, like and everybody else, like you know, if you know these, you know, we're we're from the right. we're from the hood, right. like come and talk. We to know me. each other. Say something. Come and talk to me. You know, you got all corporate on us. Sent your lawyers on us. Well, here, eat that now. And then mm. they never fucked with him after that. Mm. So did he ever get a writer's credit for that mm-hmm. for that record? Mm-hmm. He, got he got a publishing deal and everything. Everything. Yeah. But he could have got more. But he had to split his shit with Kuda. Mm. Where before he didn't have to. Oh, I see. What you're because saying. the ticks were gonna. Yeah. Just give it him straight the ticks up. Were, the ticks were gonna look out and like they know that he don't know shit. They were gonna give him because you know how I know yeah. because they did they did that with me and Je. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
They so, gave us everything that we were supposed to get. They didn't infringe on our right, shit. Right, so it was like that whole 25% writers, 25% pub, or whatever, you know what I mean? 10% writers, 10% pub, boom, all right, here we go. No, it was 50-50. No, 50-50. It was 50, they wrote the beat, they wrote the song, the lyrics, we wrote the beat, 50-50. Right. So, now, he, now Steve Black signed. Now, as a producer, him and J.E., they would split that 50%. You know, like how, how ASCAP is, it's 50. On some 50. real shit, mm. J.E. wasn't even going to take any production credit mm. on that. Because he had the whole entire But because he, because he sent right. his lawyers and then he yeah. said, and there was other, there was enough witnesses to see, you know what I'm saying, that J.E. can have the beat. And then what? Prove it's yours. Mm. Prove it's yours. Mm. How do you, how you going to prove it's yours? Mm. I say it's not yours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but the, the ticks weren't gonna do that. Right. Go that far. But they. Just, but but yeah. Like yeah. Okay. We know. But at first, they were gonna do it like that. They were gonna be like, oh, we're lawyers. Oh, okay. Shit, you gave us that beat, mm. pimp. When you give somebody something, man, you don't take it back. You give it to them. You give it to them. Like as a matter of fact, you didn't have nothing to do with the beat. At first, that they were gonna play them like that. So. The album comes out, so at this particular point, you didn't you didn't have any production on on the country grammar that was Jay. Now, seeing the success of country grammar come out, seeing the success of how that changed Je, you know, what did that? How did what did that put you in the gave place? Gave me so much confidence. Was like, I was the hype. <laughs> it gave me so much confidence. Well, Spud was locked up, so he didn't get to see it. Mm. it he got taken right before shit really mm. started popping, and then so you know, watching Je, you know. Clean up and start getting G'd up and all that shit. That was I was hella hype because I I was on my way because the shit that I was coming up with was Mm. was driving the click crazy. Mm. So so I knew that that it was gonna be at any point. Yeah, I was gonna be there and and it just it worked out that way. You know I. I, So so okay so country grammar comes out. Boom! You know it's just going. This this. You know, it's. I mean, I'll never forget at the time when Country Grammar came out. This was um, what was it? August two thousand, and I was in Jefferson City. It was June. Well, the actual single came out in June. Yeah. The actual the album came out that August because I was working in. Okay, um, I was working in a, a, a CD store in Jefferson City in the mall, mm-hmm. and the album had just came out. And I'll never forget. There was a little girl, like five years old, coming in with her dad. And her dad bought her the country grammar album. And wow. I was, and I, because I rung it up. Wow. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this dude's from St. Louis, and this five year old girl, her mm-hmm. dad just bought it for her? Right. I was like, yo, this is crazy. You know what I mean? <coughs> so, yeah. boom. After that happens, now, let me see, it's 2000, going into 2001. So now it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Training Day. That was in 2000. That came out in 2001. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That was 2001. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so, I now so so training day. Yeah, that was crazy. They, this is before Nellyville, so it was kind of like in between. That. We were on tour. Mm-hmm. We were on the tour with Desi's Child and the and. And uh, you were there. I, I was on tour. Okay, now what was this like? You mean on tour? Keep in mind, you come from Music Land. Uh huh. Oh, it was uh, it was unreal because. Uh, 
being on tour with, with the same people for three months, you actually get to start meeting and talking, and then next thing you know, you're on a first name basis with, mm-hmm. and cool. Yeah, I've, I've, I've talked to Beyonce several times. I've, mm-hmm. You know, Kelly knew, Kelly knew me because she used to be engaged to Kuda. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I go even deeper than that. Mm-hmm. You know how there, there's a clique of best friends. Mm-hmm. Lala, Kelly, mm-hmm. Sierra, all of them. Mm-hmm. They all met through Kuda. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, but anyway, uh <laughs> So 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 what's McCall? So <laughs> I went on tour and then uh um, um Was there a studio He on got the tour? an opportunity yeah, yeah, he took a studio bus because he was gonna work on his album and me and J E had the studio bus and then J E only stayed on the tour for a week and he left. Really? And then I stayed on the tour for the rest of the time and What um, made what, what made him leave and what made you Baby stay? Mama Drama. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I I stayed because that was what we were supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know? So you were in the studio in I'm, on on the studio bus during the tour of the the country grammar tour. It was in, it in was the, the it's making. Destiny's Child tour that oh. Nelly was on with them. Okay, in between the makings of go working on the next one, Nellyville. We did no, nah, we did the Lunatic album and then mm. we went on tour. Okay. All right, so um, and so they were so in on tour, they were doing the tour, they were working on Nellyville all while still promoting Free City. Okay. All right, so so um, did you have production on the, yeah uh, Free City? Yeah. Okay, what songs did you do on I, I, on, on the um, I did Boomty Boom, which is it was my song at first, and then it was um, your song. So you were working on it for you. you yeah. So what you was rapping? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was because uh, Coco was rapping. He okay. wasn't making beats yet. Okay. So I wanted to so how, help okay, him. Okay. So how'd you end up? Well, that's I guess that's another part of it. So you met Coco in the process of all that. Okay. So were... okay. So Coco, we met. I met Coco at Saints too. Him and Je were working on. A CD. I remember they sampled "Take It Personal" from Gangstar, mm. and it was a song that. And, I, and, and then um, I, I was like, "Hey, man, I got something I could put on that." So Coco was just coming through as a rapper, straight rapper, straight up. Rapper. And Je had already blew up from Country Grammar. No, 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 no. Je uh, at that time, uh, it was around the time where I met Je. Oh, okay. Coco only met Je like a couple months before I met Je. Okay, so this so, is all okay. So, so J.E. was just trying to hone his skills mm, with artists. Okay. He, you know, at that time, if you sounded anything just a little bit like anything, mm. J.E. was like, come on, get behind that mic, let's go. Mm. You know? Okay. So, yeah. So, okay, Coco. so Coco's coming around and everybody, cause you all kind of knew whatever, but it was just like whatever. So, the Lunatics album, how did that album get to start being worked on? Because Country Grammar... If Country Grammar did gold or better, mm. they were promised the Lunatic album. Mm. So it went platinum first week. So we mm. they not, they made plans and it was just like a big old vacation. We went to New York mm. for two months, three months straight to work on the album. Yeah. And so, how many songs did you do on the Lunatic? Album? I did three. Okay. What songs were? Uh, Boomty Boom, uh, This Is the Life, and Scandalous. Mm. I did those three records. Okay. You produced those. Drums, everything. Mm-hmm. Well, Je would offer. Je always puts in a, like a, a little bit of accents, mm-hmm. but he don't take nothing for it. Mm-hmm. You know, say so I did. A, I do a few times of his shit too. Yeah. You know, it it's like of, it's it, like rappers needing like if you if a rapper's stuck and you give him you you pitch him yeah, a line, you're yeah. not taking publicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like it was kind of like the you all were kind of using the same kind of drums though. Oh, we were using yeah. the same exact yeah, kits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I can tell, because I remember like the boom, 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 they had the same kind of drums 
from like a, a country grammar album type of vibe. It was like a, it was a yeah, certain kind yeah, of vibe. Yeah, 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 for um, sure. Yeah, so you all recorded that album, and then that album ended up going Pl- double platinum. That album ended up going double platinum. But they stopped promoting that album. Um, the Ticks got into it with Universal. What was the single off that album? They're, they're, they had Midwest Swing. No. Mm. And then after Midwest Swing was uh, the, uh, the single for the movie that um, I am King of the City. Yeah. Top down. And then Let Me In Now, the video was shot, but it was never pushed. Mm. And that was it. And then Boom Boom was supposed to be the last single mm. leading into Ali's album. Mm. And they cut it short at Let Me In Now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the Lunatics album came out. And then after that, it was Ali's album. It was supposed to be Ali's album. Okay, because I remember he came with the single for the was it Fast and Furious with the Breathe In, Breathe Out. That wasn't Fast and Furious. It was uh, what was the name of that? It was a Chris Rock movie. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, uh, I can't think of the name. The of one the movie. with the the chick. She was in the shower. Uh huh. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So Breathe In. Yeah, that that uh, originally that was supposed to be uh, this J E B. But Jay, that was a uh, tar boy. No, it was it was supposed to be originally it was supposed to be this J E beat that this song they were gonna do over J E's beat, and then J E and Ali had scheduling clash, and Ali was like, I guess the you know I guess the universe wants me to use this tar boy beat, mm-hmm. you know, and then that song came about like the mm-hmm. the song you know it yeah. made way for that. Yeah. Oh. So so in the process in between working on after Lunatics album and in between working on Ali's album. Nellyville's being worked on. Well, and then also, so in the process of that, how did it come about for the Training Day record, number one? Okay, so, of the beginning of the tour. So letting you all know, this man produced number one. I am <laughs> number one, which basically sparked the beef between Nelly and Karis One at that right. particular time. Yeah. This man produced that record. How yeah. did that come about? Okay, so, um, before we went on tour, he was approached by the by the music director of that movie to come up with a record. And originally, he was thinking about doing that song because he had this song that "Is You Is Is You Ain't" before that before that hook. It was just that. Um, now, ladies, put your hands up, bounce with me now, fellas, put your hands down, smack a little ass with me now. That was the that was the hook to that song, and he was like. At first, he was thinking about giving that song to them. It was over the People's Court beat. Okay. I don't okay. know if you remember I think, I think I remember that. They ended up releasing dun, dun, it on a Disney dun, dun, movie. Dun, dun, dun. No, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. But yeah, yeah, it sounds familiar. That Is You Is or Is mm-hmm. You Ain't. Come on, give me your So they released that song on a Disney movie. <laughs> so yeah, still yeah three years later, four years later. But um, yeah, at first, he was going to put it on the Training Day soundtrack. And then he had, he had, he had number one. He had number one in mind already just... As so a that song, song was done. as a record. No, he didn't even finish. He didn't record it yet. He just had it in mind. I gave him the beat in St. Louis, uh, the, literally the day he put on his Band-Aid. Now I remember, I remember, <laughs> I, I remember this story you told me about um, when you came out to L.A. about that record, and you had told me that um, something happened where it was he was going. He told you it was going to be the single or something like that, and and it was kind of put off, and then something about. When it came out, he looked out for you, um, and like you got, like you got your, your the way the whole splits was. Yeah, that's like what that. I'm saying. Yeah. No, that was the whole thing with the lunatics. Like when we first, when they first started rolling, mm-hmm. 
they just took what was theirs and whatever we were entitled to, you know, because we were so new to the business, they didn't realize like, hey, you can kind of leverage your, you know, yourself with these producers and get a piece of their shit too. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give up 50-50. Mm-hmm. He didn't, it didn't dawn on him until like his third album. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I can't, can't I? You know, before that, he was just like, man, get your money, pimp. You know what I'm saying? That was, that's how he is, you know? So, um, yeah, so he, so on the, tr- uh, uh, the training when day. he decided to do the number one for training day, mm-hmm. it literally came down to Wally's going to take 15 grand, J.E.'s going to want 30. Fuck it. Come on, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, right, right, yeah, Cause, that's cause, what it came down cause, to. Cause, okay, so, so now I peeped at y'all. So his own producer was like, "I'm gonna need thirty grand for it." No, no, no. Je, Je wasn't asked. He didn't say, "Yeah, I need thirty grand." Mm-hmm. That was just his rate. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they weren't. You know, Je would have did it for free. But they said that that was why they made the decision. To use. But Jay would have did it for free. Mm-hmm. That was, you know. But that was a blessing that. Well, it, that and they really all, the records at that time that they had over Jay's beats they didn't have anything that kind of fit mm-hmm. Training Day mm-hmm. and Number One kind of did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? More than any other song mm-hmm. that he had. Mm-hmm. So he turned Number One in. They loved it. You know, they they paid him a million dollars cash. They gave him a Bentley in St. Louis, backstage St. Louis, at the St. Louis show on that St. Louis stop of the tour. The movie. The movie people, yeah. It was uh, Priority Records. No, was it Priority? No, it was... uh, Pop, no, man. Yeah, it was Priority. What was the label the NWA was with? That's Priority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Priority. Ice Cube. It was their very last record before they closed out. Mm. That was their like last shot at trying to save their company was to try to get Nelly to do a single for them. And Nelly still didn't do the video until they cut him another $90,000 check. Mm. Nelly was... Boy, Nelly was, was on it. Yeah. He was not fucking around. Yeah. yeah. So, so boom. The, so, the song comes out and that was a single. That blew. How did it feel for you? Well, I had signed to Cuda already, so my fate was sealed. Mm. It meant a lot to Cuda, because Cuda, Cuda was able to go in and be like, ah, got a number one single, call number one. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't go number one. It went number one on hip-hop. It didn't go number one like EI right. and all the right. rest of them songs. Right. Like, uh, but it was like, it's a Nelly song that you guys, that no one has any, uh, I'm the only person that has stake in it. Other than the first people that wrote it. Mm-hmm. You know, Nelly got a deal already. But the producer that produced this song, number one, mm-hmm. don't have a deal. What's up? This uh, And he ended up selling my shit for six times the amount he gave me. Mm-hmm. And didn't give me, didn't even give it to me mm-hmm. until well after they paid him. Mm-hmm. I had to damn near sue him for my money. And then... Uh, and then, well, this game is. This and no, game no. Is here's cold. how cold it is. Kuda, but see, Kuda, Kuda plays stupid. He acts like he don't know shit about shit unless the lawyers handle it. But what happened was, I got paid one hundred fifty thousand. Damn. No, no. Kuda got paid eight hundred thousand. Okay, for, for 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 my shit. Okay. For number one. 
for just my my whole publishing deal. It's with Sony now, so, but so, back then it was famous. So you had got a publishing deal. This was, this yeah. was your publishing deal. This is my publishing deal. So it was a total of nine hundred fifty thousand. No, no, it was it was eight hundred thousand dollar deal. I got one hundred fifty thousand. So it was an eight hundred thousand dollar publishing deal mm-hmm. off of a song. Well, I had well the song, yeah, and the then I had the lunatic placements, you know, and stuff like that. And, so and out of that, you I had one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, I got one hundred fifty thousand, and then and then. And then um, I was like, damn, man, when am I going to start getting checks, you know, royalty checks? Mm. And turned out the way he had it fixed was I had to recoup his 800000 before I started another royalty. So I, sued, I, I threatened to sue him over that, and then we ended up settling to where he just gave me my shit back, and he got out. You know? Damn, man, this game is cold, man. And I don't give a fuck about talking about it because... I mean, you know, it's things like this. I mean, this this is all... It's all history. It's music business. I mean, this is a, this is this is dope. Nowadays, nowadays, I took tear a contract up in a minute because I know how to... I know how to gain a following online. I know how to distribute my records mm-hmm. and profit. Mm-hmm. So, fuck you. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm on right now. Yeah, so... Boom, number one, that all happens. Nellyville drops, comes out. Um, now, Nellyville, J.E. wasn't on it as much. Um, um, he uh, did 10 songs. Okay. Yeah, he did 10 songs. He did 10 songs. I remember, uh, what's uh, the guys, the two guys that did, uh, Bam and Ryan, they did Dilemma. Uh-huh. Um, uh, 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 Neptunes did... Uh, Hot in Here. Hot in Here. Um what was number one on that album mm-hmm. too? Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, it was Did actually the first it? single for that. I did uh, Nellyville. Okay. okay. And then I, there's another song. That's the, the song game. that plays in the beginning of mm-hmm. Dilemma. Uh, Dilemma. That's mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, I did the song, this other song called The Gank, where Nelly was kind of like singing. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was a, yeah, it was a song. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, after that album, that album does. I remember at the gate it was doing like five mil, six mil. You know what I mean? How did that feel knowing like now you got now you got these plaques? You know what I mean? Just all this type of stuff, man. Just to go oh, from dude. the days of the music land to this. Oh, I know dude. you was just riding high. I was like, fate. I was like, Louis. this is fate. Yeah, right, right, right. I, we were feeling ourselves because it was so many people vying for our attention. People purchased our phone numbers from people. Literally paid $500 to get our phone number. Wow. Because people like, like, like they the thought we were so inaccessible. Like the two ways, like like to get all that, the, like the, to get your, yeah, the email, to be, the whole, to be able to email the you. Nextel shit, yeah, uh, uh, the Skytel shit. That was going on. That was going around a lot back then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Um, wow, five hundred dollars just to get a number, just to get the phone number, and it, and it killed me because we were you you could talk to us. We weren't the type of people. Well, you could talk to me, mm. you know, yeah. and. What's crazy is, is the fact that I would show up and be in the hood still, people didn't believe I was me. And that made me feel really good because mm-hmm. you think so highly of me that mm-hmm. you don't think that I'm me. <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? That's something, man. That, 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 was, that was a surreal moment, man. And, 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 and um, I play it back a lot because mm-hmm. there was a lot of things I could have done differently. Mm-hmm. I refrained from, uh, I turned down opportunities right. thinking that, thinking that, uh, that two things, A, I had bigger opportunities around the corner, mm. and B, 
that I didn't want to disrespect the opportunity that I had with the lunatics mm-hmm. by giving something I could have gave to them to somebody else. Please. But in the whole time, they weren't thinking like that. They were like, when y'all gonna fucking do something with somebody else? This shit, like. Mm. And so, boom. That's when the whole beginning of Basement Beats, so to speak, kind of came into into play. No, no. Basement Beats has been a thing since Saints. Since, okay, since Saints, okay. Yeah, okay. We moved, when we moved into J.E.'s mom's basements, we officially had a name. Basement Beats. Yeah, and then we were always trying to kind of theme it, and we had charms on our necklaces. and Like branded. We tried to brand it a little bit, and then, um, you know, we released our, our first album, the uh, What Goes Down Must Come Up. Mm-hmm. And I was really, you doing that album to, to kind of like, really get a sense on how to make an album and then was put this, it out there. Was this after or before now? This was this was after uh Country Grammar okay. and during Nellyville. Okay. Because I remember I wrote those songs on the Basement Beat album to present to Nelly. Mm. Um and uh but I didn't record them yet. Mm-hmm. I didn't record them until after Nellyville was done mm-hmm. i thought i could just kind of like sing it for him but he didn't catch the idea when i was singing mm-hmm. them for him so when i recorded them mm-hmm. he eventually used one of the songs on there mm-hmm. for uh, nellyville nah for uh the uh, longest yard soundtrack uh but he didn't use the song he because and yeah. that's a whole other story mm-hmm. he didn't use the song because of some other bullshit mm-hmm. he ended up Getting one of our other producers' beats, mm-hmm. the producers that we, because we started signing producers mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. Producer named GA did this beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember GA. Yeah, GA did this GA. beat, and he did this beat I remember for that. Boom. Remember that song, Boom? I forgot the name of the song, but that was on the Longest Yard. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't on the that. soundtrack. It, uh, they didn't yeah. even put it on the soundtrack. They just put it in the movie. Mm. It was called Boom, and it was uh, it was a spinoff of one of our songs from the Basement Beat album. Yeah, because yeah, I remember GA. Yeah. Um, so boom now it's time to work on the double album now mm-hmm. before this even occurred that's when coco come by the studio before he goes to work and he's like man let me just he's working on a couple beats you know he's trying he's kind of like falling in the same kind of vibe that everybody was on he's like, okay i'm seeing this happening with my guys they getting on mm-hmm. they on i'm over here working Selling cell phones and whatever, and I'm happy. These are my boys. He I'm was a telemarketer for, for MCI. Okay. And they were selling landline services. Okay. 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 <laughs> While you all out on tour and doing all that, this, uh, is, what he's, this is what he's on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what's crazy? Um, a lot of people don't know this and probably won't ever believe this, mm. but Fifty Cent wanted to work with Coco. Mm. And Coco flew out to work with 50 Cent. Literally days after he got shot. Mm. They were in communication, constant communication. Mm. And then boom, he got shot. And then we didn't hear from him. Next thing you know, he's 50 Cent. Mm. But before, yeah, he was he was going to work with Coco. He went like to rap on something? Rapping. Mm. He fucked with Coco heavy. Wow. Yeah, wow. man. Wow. So... Um, the story on how Coco, because Coco, which is one of the other guys from Basement Beats, he did Shake Your Tail Feather. And over and over. And over and over. So, boom. Now, all of a sudden, keep in mind, he was working as a telemarketer over at, you know, MCI. MCI. He comes by the studio 
Is that, that's how. This no, happened? no. Uh, what happened was, um, we were working on the first Basement Beat album. There was a song on there called "Every Day," and it was featuring this dude Jimmy. Jimmy's a lead singer to this group called Steadfast. Okay. So, Nelly really loved that song, mm-hmm. and when he came over to listen to some beats. Mm-hmm. Some you know he used to always come over come come to Je's house all the time to just go through new beats mm-hmm. and just pick up some new beats or mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, Coco lived around the corner. Mm-hmm. I lived around the corner. So uh, um, he was like, "Yo, where Coco at, man? Tell Coco to come here, man. We you know we really like that song that's on the Basement Beat album that the one that he did his solo joint." And this was him rapping or the beat? His him rapping. He didn't. Okay. Okay. He did okay. the beat. Okay. And then Jimmy did the hook. Okay. And so, J.E. Uh, J.E. calls Coco up, and he tells Coco and Jimmy to come. Did it go over too much? Mm-mm. Uh, he told Jimmy, he told J- Coco and Jimmy to come, and he was just like, look, y'all, I really like y'all. If y'all do something, like, if y'all do a group thing, you know what I'm saying, like a rock group thing, mm. I'll, be, I'll get behind it. So, Jimmy already had a rock band named Steadfast. Yeah. So J.E. and Coco just joined it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And that's how Steadfast came about. But see, on that visit that night, mm-hmm. uh, Coco brought his beats that he had. Mm-hmm. And he um, he gave it to him. He did, They didn't go through the beats. Mm-hmm. He, he just... Or, no, I wasn't there. Because I, I remember I remember Coco had told me this story um, back in like 06. Uh-huh. But I remember he had told me that um, Shake Your Tail Feather was like... The third beat he made. Uh huh. And he said he he was on his way to work. Yeah, he was on his way to work, and he didn't turn the NPC off. Mm -hmm. He figured he'd come back to it when he gets off work. Come back over to the crib. He said when he went to work, Ali, um, and them came by Je's crib, and the NPC was on, and they just pressed play. Nah, that's well okay. Okay. Nah, because uh, nah, because Coco had. Coco was making his beats at his apartment, mm. so uh, so Ali and them, you know, he didn't leave. He was he wasn't making beats at Je's house, mm. and he wasn't leaving it up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. we're always, you know, making sh- beats and shit. Mm-hmm. So um, he made the beat at home on some bullshit, mm. just doodling, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he had to go to work. When he came, uh, he goes, he, and then before he left, he goes, let me save this motherfucker. He saved it. Mm. And then when he came back with a fresh ear, he was like, this motherfucker's kind of moving. Mm. You know, got mm. off work. He was mm. like, press play, because it was still up. It's kind of moving. Let me put this on. Let me, let me do a quick CD mix, put it on CD right quick. And, and then he just had it there. Mm. He didn't think nothing of that beat. Right, right. I, yeah. know, I remember him telling me that. And then we all know what happened with that. They ended up being the single off of uh, Bad Boys 2. The the story behind, the fucking story, the real story behind that was Nelly didn't know whose beat that was. Mm, yeah, that's he didn't know, He didn't think it was J.E., so he called me. And he was like, wow, who's, you know, is this your beat? And I was like, no, nah, that's not my beat. And he was like, oh, it must be J.E.'s. And I was like, mm. all right, yeah. So he would call J.E., you know. And I'm thinking it's J.E.'s beat or whatever. J.E. calls me like, yo, yes, who got the new... <laughs> Nelly featuring Puffy and Murph mm-hmm. for the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack. I'm like, who are you? Congratulations, man. He was like, nah, Coco. I'm like, you fucking bullshit, man. 
He's like, Coco's at work. He doesn't have any fucking clue. Don't say shit to him. Like, I won't. He goes, we're going to tell him together. Okay. Wow. And next thing you know, man, Coco, we're both blowing Coco's phone up. But he ended up calling J.E. back. Uh-huh. You all told him, like. Coach J.E. ended up telling him. He just was like. You should have had them. You should have had him, like, get off work. Get off work. Then come to the crib. He. I like think he called. I think he like came off work. I think he got off work early on some. He was sick shit. Mm-hmm. And because they left that night, they left that night to 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 do the song in New York. So and Coco you're, you're, with him. Now put, picture this: yeah. you're at MCI, yeah. you're doing your shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you you gave them beats, but you don't know when yeah. When, yeah. That, when that's gonna come right. about. Right. You woke up this morning yeah. not thinking nothing. You're yeah. at work. You did not know you were gonna fucking end up in New York City that night. With in the studio with Puff working on something that is going to be a future number one hit. Yeah. And a Grammy winning hit at that. You know, he Coco was beside himself because they were also filming Making the Band at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And they were in the studio. They filmed a piece. I don't know if it ever aired or whatever because mm-hmm. i never seen it. Mm. But yeah, they were filming that at that time too. Wow, man. Yeah. So- so now you're looking at it like it, it's like it, it's like it became a trickle down effect. Yeah. Oh yeah. So at this point, I mean, you guys is everybody is successful. Yeah. Did you have any songs on the the uh, double album? Um, not beat wise. Mm. I I co-wrote some lyrics mm-hmm. on some of this stuff. That yeah. album wasn't like what triple platinum, right? I know uh, it was kind of declining. The, yeah. Just... Yeah. Oh. His his sweatsuit. That's what his called. decline was attributed. The, the decline in his sales were attributed to the way the industry was at that time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was switching up. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was switching up going to like Snap. I remember it was yeah. Snap with the you know Young Jock and Shotty Low and all that was popping off during the time sweatsuit was. Yeah. Well, that they were that was still kind of yeah it was still kind of lunatic. And I think and I think the. The lead single, which was the the fly, the like an eagle, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they they had Pharrell on the beat, but it just it was like, I don't know. I don't think it just transcended. I, f- I felt like I felt like I felt like they were trying to take a formula, yeah, that worked for them at that with that and 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 redo it. You know, instead of looking at it as a just a dope ass moment, moment, right? And right. there was no sciences right. behind it. Right. You know, right. hot in here was a dope ass moment. There was no sciences behind it. Right. The winds, everything came together at that moment perfectly. Yeah, yeah. the stars you can't, aligned. Everything. You know, you can't. So, Basement Beats went on to produce artists in the city. You know, Basement Beats became this, this, this production name in the city. You know what I mean? Um, 06, 07, you know what I'm saying? You guys had artists like Kanja, um, Jenna, who goes by Fresco Kane now. Um, who else was, was with you all at that time? Um, we, we were more of a, we signed producers mm-hmm. more than anything. Like, we had Wishmaster, Wishmaster. Um, GA. Who's a producer? Was it Nonstop? Nonstop. He's mm-hmm. popping now. Nonstop did the drip for Cardi B. and Did he do, uh, um... He did some for Drake too. Yeah, he did the uh, yeah the, the joint on Drake's album. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Nonstop. No, no, it's not called Nonstop. Let me get the name of that song. You gonna kill me? That's yeah. my boy too, though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he we, did, yeah, he did a joint. I think yeah, I think I heard something about that though. Um, so boom, y'all were signing producers. Um, and yeah, so now I'm gonna tell the story as, as far as like so 
they at the time they had an artist um by the name of jenna which goes who goes by fresco kane now um but at that time so uh you know they had the they had the dope boy fresh going and elevate yeah elevate as a matter of fact i seen his um matter of fact i seen his uh yeah on a non-stop song uh his production his producer what's the video called uh i think it was producer grind or uh -huh. or genius uh-huh yeah yeah he I was on that. that yeah i saw that oh he did uh um yo Gotti, mm. uh everybody he okay. did that too okay so right. so yeah so he working mm -hmm. um so uh it was this beat that i did and originally it was for um uh guy an artist by the name of coco um he had a song coco in st louis yeah coco severe had a song and yeah coco severe had a song in in st louis uh called mob out um and so this particular beat was meant for him mm -hmm. and so i was thinking like man who could we get on this joint i want to put somebody on this record so i was talking with coco severe about it and uh he was saying how about the bangers because at the time in st louis the bangers was popping mm -hmm. and i said well no i'm thinking jenna you mm -hmm. know so he was all like, can you make that happen? I was all like, yeah, because during the, the year of 06, I became, you know what I'm saying, I started getting to know Jenna more. Right. You know what I mean? After, um, you know, uh, uh, Dope Boy Fresh. Right. And just through O'Shea and things mm -hmm. like that. And uh, and you as well. You right. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, 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 what happened? So anyway, we had, I set up the studio time, went over to uh, my homeboy Mix Crib, um, producer, he's the one that produced uh, my about set up the studio time went over there um had jenna meet over there he was all like yeah nigga bring me uh bring me uh some funyuns and a <laughs> and a uh an orange or vest or something you know what i mean right so i went by the store got that brought that over to the studio they laid the verses or oh, i think jenna laid his verse and then later on coco laid his verse but that hook was already on it with the beat and how you wanted to show me my opponent now that way that that beat even came about mm -hmm. was one day because i'm i was working in the barbershop and at the time um what's that song stunting like my daddy was uh -huh. like. and so i'm sitting there cutting and it was these kids like six seven years old in front of the tv screen and this is on 106 and park was playing and when that video came on they were like kind of dancing you know with to the to the video but when the acapella when the beat dropped and Lil Wayne was like how you want it show me my opponent show me my opponent they all said it uh-huh and I was like interesting mm -hmm. and I already knew that I had the acapella to that song mm -hmm. at the crib on CD right. from working at Shrew right because we was doing all the promo right all that type of stuff so I had the CD at the crib so that particular night I went to um the pink slip mm -hmm. and I went to just kind of observe the atmosphere, you know, look at the chicks, but just observe the atmosphere and how the music is moving and just the vibe. So I said, when I left the strip club that night, came back to the crib that night, loaded the NPC. I said I wanted to make something that was simple, kind of like uh, Shauna's getting some hit. I was getting some hit. Something that can kind of have that same kind of feel when you hear it. It's not too much going on. It just has a little sweeper sounds, the sweep mm. sounds going to the, mm. had that kind of going. So, um, you know, I had those sounds on deck. So I just basically, the first sound I put in on the NPC 2000 XL, I had that little uh, conga. And I just kind of like, I slowed it down where it was like, for like, you know, two bars. And then I like added that. 
and then I sped it up. So now it was do 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 do, and then I had the kick and the snare, and then after the after the other after the first four bar, I changed it up with an 808 and a snap. Perfect, yeah. And so I had the beat going like okay. I don't even know if it was even any high. That there. vibe you know was so. I bet you sat and just listened to that shit. Yeah, for, for like a yeah, because I did it so quick, and I was just listening to it like, do I need like to put anything else in? Do I need to put anything else in it? So then I was like, okay, I said, oh yeah, bet earlier today, them kids with the you know what I'm saying, Lil Wayne. Let me pull that up. So I pulled that part up, chopped that up into four sections, had them on the four different pads. You know what I'm saying? Show me my how you want to show me. Did it like that, and I just had it like that, and I was like. This is done. I don't hear anything else going with. It. I put a little sweep sound to it. Perfect. Boom. Put it on the CD. I let uh Coco hear it. Uh huh. He was like, "Well, I went to work the next day. I went to the barber shop because I was in barber right. school. At the yeah, time. I remember that. Went to the shop. Went to the barber school. Just played the beat. Let folks hear it in the car at the shop. And they were like, they're like, yo, this this is hot. Yeah. And this was just fresh off of the NPC. It's still. You know what I'm saying? That's on, still on the CD. Work. I'm on the CD. So no, look, no, no. That beat so, is still so, work. So, so, go ahead. Go ahead. So. Um, everybody was like, "Yeah, that's beats tight, it's tight, it's tight." So I was like, "Man, who can I get on it?" So that's when I was saying, I hit up Coco. Um, Coco didn't have Mob Out yet. You know okay. what I'm saying? Oh I don't wow, think Mob Out wasn't even recorded yet. It wasn't <laughs> even done yet. It wasn't. Even, I don't even think it was worked on. They were about to do it. Um, and so he was like, "Can you get Jenna on?" Anyway, they go over to the studio, lay the vocals down. You guys laid that out over at O'Shea's, right? No, nah, at Mixed Crib. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Laid it down over at Mixed Crib. I got a copy of it. Um, they emailed it to me, I think, with Coco's verse on it. So now I got it. So they were going to put it on, at the time, Coco had a mixtape. They were talking about just putting it on his mixtape. And I was like, all right, that's cool, whatever. Well, I had a copy of it, and I wanted O'Shea to hear it. So I took it to O'Shea's crib and said, man, check this out. And he kept playing it like, yo, this is tight, this is tight. So I was like, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're talking about putting on his mixtape. Oh, he was like, oh, that's what's up. So I left. I left the crib, left his crib, went home. Um, then he had called me. He uh-huh. had called me. He was like, uh, he said, yeah, uh, Wally's over here. You know what I'm saying? He's, he, you know, he's going crazy over this song. I'm like, what, what, what? Oh, uh, dude. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was like, uh, uh, he's going Is crazy over this song. Is that background? Oh, you can barely hear it. Okay. He was like, uh. He was like, yeah, you know, he's going crazy over this. So I told Mick and them, I said, yo, Wally's hitting me up, you know what I'm saying, um, about this. I, he, I haven't talked to him yet, but he's calling me. They was like, yeah, they want him, he wants him to use it, you know what I mean? He wants to use it for Jenna. I was like, I don't know. Let don't me know. tell you, let me tell you, no, let me tell you how that went down. What happened was with Jenna, I love the record the way it was. Mm-hmm. I love Coco Severe on it, especially. Mm-hmm. That's why I definitely kept him on the hook. Because mm-hmm. me and Jenna was going back and forth about that. Mm-hmm. In reality, in retrospect, I look at it, Jenna just didn't want to, he didn't want to do the record. Right, right, right. He just I wanted to, he wanted the record to just be Coco's for his mixtape. Right, right. I wanted it to be, I wanted, I wanted to do more with the record. Right. I didn't want it to just be on the mixtape. Right, right. But he was like, well, if, it, if you're going to push it, then I don't want, I, it got to be just my song. And I'm like, gee, man, Coco sounds so good on there with you. Just mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, man, it's going to be my song my song only. So I said, well, uh, he got to at least stay on the hook with you. Because mm-hmm. I just like Coco's voice. Mm-hmm. And I felt so horrible about it. I called Coco. I'm like, look, Coco, 
we owe you, and we still do. We owe him beats for it. Like <laughs> I told him, I said, Can we give you some beats. You know what I'm saying? Right. For that, and um, and he he was a good sport about it yeah. and everything. And, and but what Jenna was trying to do was trying to get me discourage me from trying to push that record. Mm. But I was in love with that record. Mm. That record was just. I, there's very few records that I'm like. Now, you know, love I, the second I hear. And you know, I, and I appreciate that, man. And just the you fact that, that just the fact that you had, you know, you know, you were the first person that I can even that I can that I can remember that actually was like, you know, put some put some money behind it. Like yeah. even the night the night it was me. What was it me? You, Coco, um, Kanja, uh-huh. and Jenna in the car. I think it was like a I don't know if it was, I forgot what kind of car it was or whatever. Well, I remember we went up to the. We went to Bottoms Up, went to the Slip, oh, and we went around. Were you with us when that stripper, when that song came on, she was at the top of the I pole? I think so. Because what happened was, before, uh, when I when I let them play. Because you had just got it mastered. And I, I took it to him. I let them play it, and I took the CD back from my, I was like, no, nah, I'll bring it with me next time. Mm. Right? Mm. So, the, the, I let them play play the song all night that first mm. night, and mm. then I didn't come back for two weeks. Mm. And I came back two weeks later with it. And so, so the second that song came on, the mm. chick recognized it. She mm. was at the top of the pole, mm. and she slipped, ah, she slipped and hit her head really? on the stage. Ooh. I swear that to God. That sounds familiar. I don't know if I was there. I know me. I know Jenna was with me definitely. Wow. I, I was like, whoa. That's when I knew I was like, yo, this is a hit. Wow. And then I took it to, we took it to Atlantic to, uh, what's dude's name, man? That's my boy too, Michael uh, Karen. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Michael Karen loved it. And then mm. we had another meeting with Universal. Mm-hmm. And Universal was like, look, mm. can we can we have this can we have this record mm. for Wayne? Oh. <sighs> I remember when all this was going on, man. I remember hearing about all this. I was like, he said, "Can we have the record for Wayne, right?" Mm-hmm. And we like, we want Wayne on the record. He was like, "Can I have the actual record for Wayne? I promise you, I guys, I'll do something for you guys, uh-huh. right?" And Jenna's like, "Right." He's he because he's in his head. He's thinking that they're gonna do something for us, for mm-hmm. me and Coco, mm-hmm. if we get, let him get the record. Mm-hmm. And Jenna's like, "You know, what about my career, G?" You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're just like, man, you know, what you want to do? Like, he, it's his record, you know, you know, because we were, what we were trying to do is we were trying to get a, we were trying to get the sample cleared. Yeah, yeah. And they I wouldn't remember, clear it. I remember that. I and remember then, that. and I then they that. wouldn't clear it because they wanted that record for Wayne. Right. I remember so that. we, we did the conjure and shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? I remember that. But. Yeah. It was yeah. like I don't know, and it was never a video, man. But I don't know if Wayne want. I, it wasn't like Wayne said he wanted the record. It yeah. would have been different. Yeah, yeah. This A and R wanted to present it to Wayne. Right, right, right. To say and we right. didn't mind. We wouldn't mind that right, shit. Right, right. It was, but Jenna was like, "Man, we can do that, G." Right. You know. Right. So we just like, okay, you know what? You know. Yeah. We talked about it. You know, looking back on that, I'm just curious. Like, why wasn't there ever a video for that? For that um, song. Because that moment, because even when I tell it, was, you, it wasn't even a video for Mob Out, because that, that was, was that was too. that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back from mm. Jenna. Mm. So what happened was, um, I I paid the Dirty DJs to do a, a, a campaign I remember that for the song, mm-hmm. and 
they would only play the record when they saw me. Mm. And they and what they what if you they came don't, in the club. Yeah, and what they don't know is as long as these motherfuckers been DJing, mm. they should already know that I know when you play the record or not play the records. If you knew to play if you know to play if you play this record a lot, you would know to cut it up a little bit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm, mm. I would do it on purpose. I give it a little. I give it a little less volume mm. in mastering. Mm. I did two versions. Mm. I did one because I felt like motherfuckers wasn't doing what they said they were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was paying them real money. Like mm. I, I thirty five hundred up front, thirty five hundred on the back end wow. when, you, when shit gets done. So I'd show up to the to, to the club. And I would chill, and I would wait, wait, wait. They would never play the record, and then I'd go up to the DJ booth, like, "Hey, what's up, man? Oh, what's up, man?" And then they, and then, and then I, I would make my rounds into the club mm. after I said, "What's up?" Then they play the record, but the record would come in low, mm. so that told me that they don't play the record because mm. they would have known that it comes in low to wow. cut it up. Wow. So I got really upset. Jenna got really upset because we did that on purpose to kind of gauge to see Ooh. how they were fucking with us okay. and Jenna and then um, DTP mm-hmm. at that time uh, not DTP but a guy that a flunky that worked for them his mm-hmm. name is Zeke um, I guess he was trying to be an A&R for them or mm-hmm. whatever he convinced Jenna to roll with him He was, so he went right. down to Atlanta so that was a whole other yeah yeah so so that that's why we didn't yeah. do a video because mm-hmm. When Jenna saw that this wasn't happening, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? The way he thought it was supposed to be happening, yeah. it was like, okay, well, you know what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now what, guys? I'm sitting on my hands now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, man, um, so over the past, you know, now that, you know, looking at everything now as far as with uh, the way the music business is, what do you see, you know, did you see, could you have seen where it is now compared to what it is then because obviously now it's not as much like that it's really based off of streams and you know what i mean the the, the times are different now and and are you are are you unhappy with how no. the times have changed in not music? at all because now see a lot of musicians are all think that in order to be in the music business you have to make millions of dollars mm. there you know people there's musicians out here that get a cool hundred thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. and are low-key go chill with their family mm-hmm. they got a few little fans but not to the point where mm-hmm. it's like oh they can't go anywhere in public right, right. it's like oh there goes what's the name you know they might get a request they 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 get enough attention to where they appreciate it still mm-hmm. it's not bothering them right mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that's a that's a very uh uh, real thing now, mm. you know. There's, 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 there's artists that they 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 practice that that whole thousand super fan mm. thing, mm. where they just get them. If you can get you a thousand super fans mm-hmm. that like you, mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. what that you what you like. Mm-hmm. See, so like if you were to say I'm Skip mm-hmm. and I make music and mm-hmm. this is my page, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'd be one of your super fans because mm-hmm. I a I know you. Mm-hmm. B, mm-hmm. uh, I like your music. Mm-hmm. I've worked with you before, mm-hmm. and I've paid money for your music before. Right. All right. So all those factors, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm a super fan of Skips. Mm-hmm. So if I can commit to like spending give or take a hundred dollars a year mm-hmm. with you, mm-hmm. that's as, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm one of a thousand people. Mm-hmm. That's a hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. That's a good living. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 it's off of music. Mm. But see, people, they want they want God well, to bless 10, 000, them. Ten thousand, ten thousand. Well, ten thousand. No, a hundred dollars times a thousand people. Mm, it's a hundred thousand, bro. A hundred thousand. I know, man. Trust me, I, yeah, I did the math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So a thousand people basically that are just tuned in to you, spending you spending a hundred bucks with you. Yeah, a year. they like they they they, 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 they either with, either if they buy a shirt from you, if they stream you. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Right. If they so if you break that down, let's your say, show. if you break that down, let's say a hundred a hundred p a hundred dollars a year. Um, break that off into you know thousand. twelve 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 months. Let's say somebody spends That's eight dollars a month. Eight dollars a month. It's eight dollars and thirty three cents a month. Yeah. Which is you know and, that's and, like if somebody subscribes to you. Exactly. Like a Netflix. It could, yeah. yeah. Depends on what yeah. you know. Depends on how you structure yeah. it. But yeah. you know, a thousand super fans will mm-hmm. get you that page. Mm-hmm. A five thousand super fans will get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? If that's five hundred thousand. You see how that? You see that? Yeah. Is that a big? Is, 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 is that's that? That's cool. That's reachable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why wouldn't I like? Why wouldn't I like that? Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. Of course, I love the way the music business is going right now. Because, because like you said, everybody's game. Because, like you said from the very beginning. Whereas back in when you were in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. you had to wait for the music to kind of get yeah. there, spend thirty bucks for a CD. Now Whereas it's now everything is in real time. Yeah. So. If, you release something and press the button on it. Now it's international. Now it's worldwide, and then anybody can stream, listen. And the cool thing is, is now I don't have to rely on them to spend physical money yeah. out their pocket yeah. for some hardware. Yeah, yeah. All I need is their attention yeah. on the Apple Music, Spotify, yeah. or Title, whatever one that they yeah. already are on. Yeah. YouTube. And just their that. attention of wanting to hear my stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. they're gonna get around paying for the actual record. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me this, man. What what is something that you can tell these upcoming producers, you know, of now, um, you know, to inspire them, man, to keep them motivated in what it is that they do? If you were sitting right in front of them, you know, well, which which you are, because they're listening to you right now. But mm-hmm. you know, across the world, what would you tell them to keep them motivated? Because obviously, build, your story is a good one. Build, get you ten super fans. Then make it 20, then make it 40, then make it 80, then make it 160, mm. then make it 320, mm. then make it 640, then make it 1280. 1280 super fans. Mm. You can do that in a year. Mm. In a year. 1280 super fans. You break that up and divide that by 52, 52 states. We're looking at about what? 1280, 52. Uh, we're looking at. About two point three per people per state, per state. give or take. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. You know, right? So the numbers are right there for even just the average person that lives in Iowa, right? Can attain exactly. Hmm. It, it's that simple, mm-hmm. and and it's the easiest way to do it, and, and and the most people respect it more than if you just came out on a major and no one ever heard of you before, right? You know, Do you think it's necessary for artists to sign with a major? Not, a, not, a, not, not, not right away. And even by the time a major comes around, they're gonna, they're gonna be like the, they're gonna be the uh, pet peeve, not the pet peeve. They're gonna be the pest. Mm. They're gonna be like, oh, there he, there he goes again. Like, what? What do you want? Because mm. they want to scale your, they want to scale you from 
a thousand super fans to a million super fans, mm. but then they want to give you a drop in the bucket for it. They want to give you the same amount of money mm. for the thousand super fans for for, for having a hundred thousand super fans yeah, yeah, on yeah. your own. Right. They right. give you the money for having a hundred thousand super fans on your own. They want to give you a million super fans though. Mm. What is but but see now you can't go out in the public and be with your family. With mm. now it's a bother now because mm. when you have a million super fans, think about that. Yeah. So it's also also about the people that want the fame versus the fortune. So a lot of people, you know, a lot of people they want the fame to be able to, to be recognized when they walk out and about. Versus people like you and I, you know, I know me. <coughs> I, I I would I would rather take the fortune and be able to go to the grocery store and get food and go to the mm -hmm. mall and chill and yeah. be out with my family and relax. Yeah. Versus everybody walking to me getting one of autographs and all that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But see, major record label, they scale you to that level for the amount of money that you would have gotten on your own if you would have got yourself 100,000 super fans, mm. which that's a lot of money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. And I'm cool with that, you know, but so is a thousand super fans. That's a lot of money, too. Yeah. You know, 2,000 super fans get you $200,000. Mm. That's a comfortable living in L.A. Mm. You know what I mean? And hey, you know, um, this is kind of off the topic, man, but... Uh, when I, you was writing those stats on Facebook on the stories, man, like mm -hmm. you should write. A, I think somebody mentioned to you, like you should write a book. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm, I'm working on. Uh, yeah, matter of fact, what are you what are you working on now? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna kind of do like a little podcast series mm. about telling the stories. Yeah. I would love to have animation involved just to kind of reenact. Mm. You know, that'll be cool. Mm -hmm. You know, um, mm -hmm. I. I I just want to, there's a lot of other stories I have. I just want to clear them with the people that are in the story yeah. before I just blur, blur yeah. them out because yeah. they're, yeah. they're kind of cool, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was one that you were talking about, like the DJ boot. Something happened at the DJ boot. I forgot. Oh, yeah, man. with uh, Goldie? Yeah. Just yeah. different things like that. I remember, like I said, it got to a point where I think every Thursday you were talking about something. Yeah. And people were making, were commenting like, yo, you need to like write a book on this or something because... Some, you know, people will buy it, man. You know, yeah, people, people that want to cool. hear those type of stories, man. Um, are you doing anything now with music, or what, what's um, going on, or just kind of I'm, 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 it's like right now, I'm, uh, I'm gonna be doing this, uh, I'm gonna be doing this, uh, master class mm. for people that want to gain soup, like they want to be able to gain their super fans mm -hmm. and. You know, have control their music business. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got the blueprint on that. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna kind of do a master class on that, mm -hmm. and then I'm also been you know writing and producing and uh, been in the studio, uh, taking advantage of the ec ec economy of, mm -hmm. of now. engineering. People mm -hmm. need engineers, so mm -hmm. I you know I'll be an engineer for hire sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, I, I love my day job, mm -hmm. you know, ever since I started my insurance business, I've been doing insurance mm -hmm. and I just been, the universe took me there, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. but music, I love making music. Um, yeah, that's what I was trying to tell you. I got something that I want to present to Chris Brown okay. through you. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. that. Like, but, yeah, but yeah, I'm always like... I just wherever where, wherever the wherever my wherever the universe mm. pushes me, dude. I don't I don't force shit ever. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, and I'll talk to you about how you know the whole Chris Brown thing right. I talked about off, For off sure. the record. Um, so if anybody is interested in you know getting you know signing up for your master class, because I'm pretty sure you'll have it set up to where it'll be online and things right. like that. How can people reach out to you to be able to connect with you to maybe uh you know you uh, can have some email me and things like that. You can email me at wallybeeman at gmail.com. That's W-A-L-L-Y-B as in boy, E-A, M as in Mary, I, N as in Nancy, at gmail.com. And I'll just update you with how far we are into uh, releasing that masterclass and having that available. It's going to be real resourceful. Um, We're also going to be doing, uh, I'm going to be curating what I want to do is I'm going to be curating uh, beats mm. from all sorts of producers. Mm. I'll be collecting, handpicking out beats that I think are out of here. Like beats that gave me chills. Like like mm. when you did... Uh, mm, how you, where they at? Ha- where they at. You mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. Like like literally chills up my spine. Like this beat is perfect. Mm. You know? So I'm going to be curating those type of beats and shopping them mm-hmm. as you know kind of like brokering for other producers yeah. but yeah you know so can okay uh, yeah folks can reach you on, on instagram yeah and all that? yeah uh, instagram is wally beaming the handle all handles are wally beaming that's w-a-l-l-y b as in boy e-a m as in mary i and as in nancy um, I'm on Twitter. And I'll make sure I put it at the in the description. Cool. So they all to get it. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Facebook is Wally Beam and Yagnum. Also on the Basement Beat page. Uh, we do. We got. I got this uh, website for T-shirts, vintage uh, St. Louis website? T-shirts. Memertees.store. Member. It's member like memories, okay. but Memertees. Okay. M E M O R T E E S dot. S T O R E. What made you want to? What made you want to start that? I, one day I will. Uh, I decided to get this venture shirt made, and uh, because I was going on a joint venture with my cousins over at STL Grills, and I kind of posted a Instagram picture of us uh, in the back of their store. Mm. With my sh- with my shirt saying venture, and everybody was like, "Oh man, that shirt's the shit! I love that shirt. Where can I get that shirt? Where can I get that shirt?" So I decided to buy the trademark to venture, and then I went out and bought a bunch of trademarks to old stuff, to old St. Louis businesses that are not around, wow. and just said, you know, because I was trying, I was starting to learn uh, digital marketing. Me and Valerie trying to learn digital marketing. Mm. And that was our widget. That was what kind of what we used to kind of like learn the game. Mm. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna take that and adapt that to music now. Gotcha. So what's a website? And they can if they want. Store. Okay. It, it's crazy, but yeah, instead of a dot com, it's a dot store. Okay. Memertees.store. Okay. Yeah. Hey, so I just want everybody to know that, you know. These types of stories and, and this information is, is is good for those out there that are listening to just inspire you to keep going, don't stop, whatever the case may be. If you feel it in your heart, in your gut to keep moving, no matter the circumstances may seem doubtful, keep moving forward. 
because at the moment when you least expect it, your life could possibly change for exactly. the better. So do not stop, never give up. Wally, I definitely appreciate, appreciate you, brother. brother. Thanks for having me on yes, your sir. show, man. Yes, have, sir. Had a, uh, it was a pleasure, man, to have this conversation. Appreciate you, bro. For real, appreciate man. you, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. Um, so until next time, next episode, I want to let everybody know. Peace. Are you me?